good evening. put it right here because then I go all right well we will be right behind where we were this morning Luke chapter uh, chapter 15 I do appreciate preacher sharing his heart with us I know he has a couple of times about his dad and I could only imagine being in his shoes Uh, do hope that we'll be fervently in prayer for brother Ralph Uh, I remember may have been the last time that he was down here just seeing him knowing the pain that he was in but that he could stand up right there and praise the Lord what a blessing that was we'll be in a very familiar passage of scripture tonight now just as I was in Sunday school this morning Um, but again it's going to be a little different turn of what we're probably used to out of this passage of Scripture. Uh, again, Luke chapter 15 is where we'll get our text. I'm really not 100% settled on, a speci- on specifically a text verse, though I, I think I've, I've got where this all stemmed from. Uh, it really stemmed from the uh, youth meeting that we went to over at Brother Brian Howard's church and uh, Brother Josh Montgomery preached a message, and in that message he mentioned uh, that eldest son in this parable of the lost son, as we know it, the prodigal son. And he briefly, he mentioned that eldest son, and my wheels begin to turn. And since then, I have, I have on and off looked at this and studied this and, and worked on this and uh, just really got some thoughts about this eldest son because oftentimes this story is pointed towards that, uh, that prodigal son, if you will. I think I'm going to read a few uh, verses in the beginning of this story, beginning in verse 11, just to kind of get our minds back to the thought of this uh, prodigal son. But I want to look mostly at the eldest son uh, in this message tonight. I'll give us the title in a few minutes. I'm going to read a few few verses here again just to kind of get our minds set on this. Verse 11, Luke chapter 15. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. So here this son, he finds himself just in the bottom of bottoms. In, in, at rock bottom, if you will. The lowest place that he had ever been. And I want to skip over, I'm going to kind of jump into some of these other verses in between this possibly. But I want to look really quick at verse 25 then we'll pray and get into the message verse 25 now and this is after that eldest son has come home the eldest son has realized his condition realized what he's done with his life realized where he was at realized that he has wasted everything that he had and realized that he could go back to the father and possibly maybe become one of his servants that he may have bread verse 25 now his elder son was in the field 
And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. I'll read a couple more here. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this uh, this evening, God, thank you for this church, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, God, to preach your word. I do pray, God, now that you'd uh, bring back to remembrance those things that you've shown me in the study of this. God, I pray that you'd set me aside, Lord. I pray, Father, for your word to be honored and glorified tonight. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. I pray, Father, that uh, this service would honor you, God, that this service would encourage someone. Lord, if there may be one that's near slipping out, God, I just pray that this would be exactly what they stand in need of to stay with you. Father, I pray that you just reveal something to our hearts today. God, we thank you and praise you for all that you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, a very, uh, very different twist, if you will, to this uh, story than what we're familiar with. Most oftentimes we look at this prodigal son, and that is uh, uh, the, the main thing in this parable is about that prodigal son, if you will. And we'll speak about him a little bit, but I want us to take notice of this eldest son and how he stood and how he stayed and what he stood for and how he stuck by the father. The first thing I want us to look at, uh, I'll give us the title, Don't Be the Prodigal. Don't be the prodigal. And I think a lot of times in uh, in churches today, we've got a lot of young people that get the mindset that they need to go out and, if you will, sow their wild oats. And they, they may just want that because they want to have some fun or they may just want that because they want some attention because, or maybe they want uh, what they think is a better testimony. Uh, but I think back, I believe, Brother Samuel, I was talking to you on the phone and I've told several people this and I'll continue to tell them this because I think that there's many out there that need to hear it. My testimony, people look at testimonies such as mine and think, man, I want a testimony like that. Man, I wish that, that I could say that God saved me from this and saved me from that and took me out of this and took me out of that and delivered me from this. And can I say that I've heard that many of people that were brought up in church, those type testimonies blessed them so much to see that God could do such a thing with somebody that was so low. But I want to tell you tonight, and I'll tell you again and again and again, your testimony, those of you that have stayed, those of you that have not gone out, those of you that have not suffered the, the shame and the, the, the hardships and the heartache and the heartbreak that you go through in this world without Christ, your testimony blesses me just as much, if not more, as someone such as mine blesses you. Don't be the prodigal. First thing I want to notice is in verse 25, now his elder son was in the field. I don't believe that he was just moseying about in the field. I don't believe he was just out there kicking the grass. I don't think he was just out there wandering around, but I believe he was in the field sowing the seed. I believe he was working. I believe he was laboring. I believe that he was staying in shape. He was working, laboring, and learning about that field. He was doing a work in that field. He was out there uh, getting those vitamins that we need from the sun. He was out there. He had his boots on the ground. He was. He had his hands in. He was laboring. He was well exercised in that field. He, he was hands-on in that field. He wasn't just there. He was working. He was putting in an effort. He was staying in shape. 
in that field. And can I say, spiritually speaking, if we're going to make it, if we're going to stay, if we're going to stick, and if we're going to stand, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to labor. We're going to have to learn. We're going to have to get nutrition from the Son, from the Word, from the Word of God, from the Son of God, from our Savior. We're going to have to get that nutrition that we stand in need of. We're going to have to walk this field. We're going to have to be well exercised. Hebrews 5.14 says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They have their senses exercised so that they may use them. We're going to have to use some things. I think about that story of those that were given the talents. One five, one two, and one one. And what did they do with those talents? The one with five, he put them to work. The one with two, he put them to work. The one with one, he buried it and nothing ever came of it. When the father came back, uh, when he came back seeking uh, what whatever he had done with that talent, it just went to waste. Just as the prodigal son, he took what he had. He took his substance and he wasted it on riotous living. He wasted it in the things of this world. He wasted that that he had. And that that have five talents, I believe it doubled. That one that had two, I believe it doubled. And if we'll take what we've got, if we'll take what God has given us, and if we'll use it for Him and for His honor and His glory, if we'll put some work into it, if we'll get our hands in, get our boots on the ground, if you will, put some work into it, we will possibly receive double what we have put into it. We're going to have to put our feet on the ground, put our hands in, put our head in, put our hearts in. Maybe maybe the eldest son knew that he just had it made at the father's house. Maybe he knew that there was no better place. Maybe he knew that he was just best off to just stay. But I believe, I wonder if he had a love for the father. If he had a love for the Father that kept him. He put his heart in it. I believe there was a love of the Father that kept that eldest son there. He didn't want to see his daddy left alone. He didn't want to see uh, the Father trying to pull the load by himself. I believe there was a love in his heart for the Father. If we're going to make it, you may have mentioned something about it this morning, we're going to have to have a love in our hearts for the Father. May have been talking about loving the sinner, but we're going to have to have that love in our hearts for the Father. That is what will keep us. That is what will hold us. Second, there's a special relationship between this eldest son and the Father. Look at verse 28. And he was angry. This eldest son, he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. The eldest son was solicited by the father. That word is just earnestly requested. I used it for outline's sake. He was solicited by the father or earnestly requested. The fa- he would not come in, so the father came to him. And I think about myself. I think about the lost man. And we're in that place where we just could not come in. Maybe we were angry at the world. Maybe we're angry at our circumstance. Maybe we're angry at where we're at. Maybe we're angry with God about where we've come to in our lives. Maybe we're just angry because it looks like someone else has got it better than us. Maybe we're just angry and we say, no, I'll not step in. But then the Father stepped out. He sent His Son to die for you and I. The Father stepped out. He said, I will come unto you. He was solicited by the Father. You and I were solicited by the Father. We're earnestly requested. Why? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you why God would want something like me. 
I couldn't tell you why God would want to save such an old vile sinner such as myself. And I just, I couldn't tell you why. But he called my name. And if you're here lost tonight, he'll call yours. And anyone out, just as a preacher mentioned this morning, we've got, we've all got lost loved ones. Not a one of us in here saved is special. Not a one of us in here has anything to offer God that he cannot do in himself. Those lost loved ones that we have, he'll step out to them too. He will. He will earnestly request them. I believe there was a special relationship with this eldest son and the father. He had, the, he had a love for the father and the father had a love for him. And that's why he earnestly requested him. That's why he came to him and entreated him. When his son was angry and he would not come in, the father stepped out. The father went to him just as he came to you and I. When we could not come to Him, there was a great gulf fixed between God and man, and He sent Himself, robed in the flesh, to step out on nothing. He stepped out on nothing and made the earth. He stepped out on nothing. He grabbed a little dust off the ground and breathed a breath of life in it. Man became a living soul. He stepped out on nothing and made something that you and I might do something for Him. Thirdly, this eldest son was serving the Father. In verse 29. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. The eldest son stayed back, stood by, and was serving the father. And the, the eldest son gets a bad rap because he got angry about his, his little brother coming back and seeming to receive, if you will, all of the glory and all of the praise when... He stayed back and did all the work. And I'm just going to break it to us hard and blunt. A lot of times, that's what happens. A lot of times, those of us that are doing all the work, those of us that are putting in the work, those of us that are putting in the blood, sweat, and tears, got the boots on the ground, got the hands in the fire, we don't get the praise, if you will. We don't get those pats on the back. But there's going to come a day I believe there's going to come a day that there's going to be some of those that have labored, that have worked, that have stayed, that have stuck, that are going to hear those precious words on the other side. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I can think of a couple of men, y'all probably could too, that I believe, I think they heard those words when they got to the other side. I believe there's some that have. I believe there's some that will. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The eldest son stayed back and served the father. Fourthly, he saved his testimony. He saved his testimony. Look at verse number 17. When he came, this is now the, uh, the, the youngest son. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? we look back in verse 15, we see that he, he made himself a citizen to that, of that country. And we look in verse 17, and we see that he says that he perishes with hunger. We see the miserable state that this prodigal, if you will, is in. We see the misery, the anguish in his heart and in his soul. And then look at verse 29, about halfway through this eldest son, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. 
Don't be the prodigal. I want y'all to get a hold of that in verse 17. If I could... Almost my mind goes back to what you were preaching this morning about that anguish. When is the last time we anguishly cried out for someone? That anguish is a pain and a hurt. And this is where the the prodigal finds himself in anguish and agony and pain and torture and torment, if you will. He's in the worst place that he could be in apart from death. If he's lost, he'd be in hell. And I can think back to myself. When I was in that place, when I was in the lowest of lows, when I was in the darkest of darks, when I was at the rock bottom, you don't have to go there. You do not have to go to that place. If you have been brought up in church, if you have been brought up the right way. If you have walked with the Father, you don't have to go out. You don't have to step out. You don't have to go to that deep, dark place such as this young man did. You don't have to waste your substance on riotous living. You don't have to step out and get away. He had to come back. The eldest son never went anywhere. He was there the whole time. He had everything he ever could have wanted, anything that he ever could have needed. But this eldest son, he put himself in a situation, in a place, in a predicament, if you will, to where he was with nothing. That eldest son, he stayed. He saved his testimony. Look at verse 29. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. The eldest son, it may have been you, I don't know, someone recently mentioned about how he joined himself to that, uh, himself to a citizen of that country, and that shows where he, he was no longer what he used to be. He was no longer who he used to be. He ruined his testimony. And I, I would not want to scorn your minds with the things out there in this world that I and some other people that have went out to the depths of this world, I would, there's some people in here that I wouldn't want to burn anything into your mind that is out there. And this young man put himself right out there in all of that mess. But that eldest son, he stayed. He saved his testimony. One of the most precious things that you can have in this life is your testimony. And he saved his testimony. Fifthly, I'm going to look at verse 31. I find the safety of the Father. And I just want to say this real quick. If you've been brought up in church, maybe not always, but if you've just been one that has stayed, if you've been one that has stuck, if you've been one that, if you will, has stayed with the Father, I want to say thank you. Thank you for staying. Samuel, thank you for staying. Abby, thank you for staying. Tanya, thank you for staying. David, I... I think about the brief moments that he's mentioned some of the difficult times in his teenage life. And I just want to say to him, thank you for staying. Preacher, thank you for staying. Everyone that has stayed, thank you for staying. Because you may not hear it enough. Just like this eldest son felt that he was unappreciated because he stayed. I want to tell you that if you have stayed, if you have stuck, thank you for staying. Thank you for staying. 
Don't go astray. Don't be the prodigal. You don't have to do that to yourself. Thank you for staying. And I think some of us, some of us parents, uh, pastors, friends, family, loved ones, we might need to just tell somebody, thank you for staying. We might just need to tell somebody, thank you for sticking by the stuff. I think about Mamma Betty right now. I just want to tell her, thank you for staying. And I don't even know what all that woman's been through, but if I sit down, she'll probably tell me all about it. But I just want to tell her, thank you for staying. I mean, there's you can see evidence in her family of her staying. I just want to say to those of you that have stayed, thank you for staying. The safety of the Father, verse 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me to ever be with the Father. I taught in Sunday school this morning about how Peter stepped out of the ship and he went to the Savior and he found himself in the safety of the Savior's hands. The others, the other disciples were in the safety of the ship, but Peter found himself in the safety of the Savior, in the palms of his hands. There's no safer place than with the Father. There's no safer place than under his wing, as we might say, or in his hands. And he said to him, Son, thou art ever with me. He was always with the Father. He said, And all that I have is thine. You may be that one that has stayed. You may be that one that has labored. You may be that one that has worked. And you may just feel like you've gotten nothing in return. But I believe, I just, I wonder if you didn't get out and cry out and ask God, say, what is, uh, you know, and I know that we don't do these things for reward here. There's reward over there, but we're human. And sometimes, we'll just be honest, we want somebody to say thank you. We want somebody to pat us on the back. We want to feel like we're doing the right things. We want to feel like we've accomplished something. wonder what if we just cry out and say, God, am, am I doing right? God, am I? Do you appreciate what I'm doing for you? God, I don't feel like... God, I, I, I look, at, look at these others that have gone out and just wasted their lives in the world. And it seems as though everyone just loves them. It seems as though everything is just handed to them. And I, just, I feel like I don't have anything. I feel like nothing's ever been given to me. I bet God will just pour so much on you, you can't even bear it. I wonder if He wouldn't just pour so much on you and just open your eyes, because a lot of times that's what it is, is our minds and our eyes have just been blinded to how truly blessed we really are and the things that God has given us each and every day. He said, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is Thine. If you're His, all that, you have, all that He has is Yours. If you're His, you're a child. You, I, think, I think, Dad, I think you... Uh, Spoke at the men's meeting about uh, inheritance, something, something of that nature, about inheritance from God. You know, when your when your father or your mother passes, if they have anything, they may leave you an inheritance. They may leave something behind for you. And I wonder what kind of inheritance, as a child of God, we have. I don't think we'll get it when he dies because he's eternal. But I wonder if we'll get it when. Would we die? What we'll get over there on the other side? All that I have is thine. Thou art ever with me. There is safety in staying with the Father. I urge you tonight, don't be 
the prodigal. And I don't know if there's anyone in here that may be struggling with this. I don't know if there's anyone in here that, that may have a thought in their mind of, of stepping out, slipping out, slipping away, maybe wanting to so-called live the good life. But can I tell you, as I guess I would consider myself the prodigal son, don't. Don't step out. You may not make it back. I could. I never, once I stepped out, once I found myself in the life that I was in, I never would have imagined making it back. Didn't deserve to make it back. I think it was March the 3rd, 2020. I almost would say I was faced with death, but God's hand reached down and kept me from it. There was a bullet shot. really don't know where, what direction it was shot in, but it was supposedly meant to be shot at me. I don't know why I say supposedly, but I would think that it was meant to be shot at me. It didn't hit me. There's a lot of things, again, I, I, I don't want to scorn your minds with the things that I have seen in this world. And I don't want you to scorn your minds with the things that you can very easily, very quickly get into in this world. It don't take very long, just one decision. And that saying is so real to me because I've experienced sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay more than you want to pay Don't be the prodigal. And thank you for staying.